like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello to our favorite sleuths of all time. I am Karen. And I'm Kelly. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for sea captains and model ship collectors. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's my line, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's still you. It's <laughs> still my part of the podcast. Um, okay, so I was going to say before we get into our like normal stuff, uh, it, it if we have any listeners out there who maybe like skip the end of the Hawthorne legacy or skip the whole thing entirely because you haven't read it yet and you don't want spoilers or whatever, I just wanted to let everybody know that our next Super Sleuth special, which will be in like three weeks, is Teen Killers Club by Lily Sparks. And if you head over to our Instagram, like in real time as this is coming out, like October 2021, we have a giveaway going on for an autographed copy of that book. So yes, we do. Yes, we do. Check it out. Um, back to our regular, regularly scheduled programming. Um, so Karen up for discussion this week is Nancy Drew and the quest of the missing map. It sure is. Mm -hmm. So here is my opening ponder thought. Okay. If you could pick one character from the from the Nancy verse, uh, from the books, you know, like our the books we're reading, to get a, a deeper dive into their life and origin story, who would you choose and why? Ooh, oh, that's tough. Mm. Okay, I have two. No. Oh man. Okay, Nancy's mom. Hmm. Why? Because she is just off screen always well i mean that is accurate because she we know nothing about her nothing we have no information about this woman she married carson drew Mm -hmm. they had the most beautiful daughter of all time and the most talented (laughs) daughter of all time like who was what do we even know her name this fairy princess i don't think we do i don't think we've ever heard her name i bet she was really awesome she would have had to have been. Yeah. I think she was probably doing her own series of activities that I don't even know what the scope of those might be. So yeah. I pick Mrs. Nancy's mom. Mrs. Nancy's mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who well, do you pick? Um, well, I went back and forth between two as well, but ultimately mine is Hannah Grover. Mm. That was my second one that I wanted to say. Yes. Well, between the two of us, we can like fully go down every rabbit hole there is. So, Perfect. or simply make up their backstories. So, why why are you so intrigued by Hannah? Because I just would love to know the series of circumstances in her life that brought her into essentially living full time with this family and raising this child for like you know almost 20 years at this point so because like i would kind of understand it more maybe if she were um like a family member or something but it's like what what's the situation you know what what led her to doing this what's her family like it's maybe 
maybe she was in some sort of sleuthing ring with Mrs. Nancy's mom. Oh, so you think the sleuthing comes from Mrs. Nancy's mom, not from Carson? Maybe. Could be. Because Carson's not really a sleuth. No, but he's like crime affiliated. Crime (laughs) Crime adjacent. Adjacent, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, maybe Nancy's mom and Hannah were the early version of Nancy and Helen. (gasps) Oh. I don't know. Like it. Yeah, maybe she was she was Mrs. Nancy's mom's best friend. Like turn of the century up to some sleuthing. Yeah. That'd be good. That'd be good, right? Yeah, it would be good. All I right. Well, I would love to see early era Mrs. Nancy's mom and Hannah Gruen doing some like you know, World War Yes. 2. It would be World War 2. No. The rewrites would be. Oh, the rewrites, yes. Like World espionage. Yeah. Espionage. Mm. Like, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I love code breakers. Mm. I think we're, yeah. Is this the part where we pivot and just start writing fanfic? <laughs> Maybe it is. We just, we just write some completely historically inaccurate fanfic about, <laughs> about Hannah Gruen. She's, no. She's a, she's a totally um, anachronistic spy breaker or code breaker slash spy involved in the wrong war. Because we did just no fact checking no, at all. No, we did no fact checking. She's like Bletchley Park, but American, but also two wars too late. And, yeah. I'm in. Done. I'd read that. I see. I see a pathway. Great. Forward. Cool. New hobby. Yep. <laughs> yep. Good talk. It's your line now. Aren't you going to ask me what I've been up to? Oh sure. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm like having trouble talking right now. <laughs> What's wrong? I oh, love okay. you. I took I took a small nap before <laughs> you called, and I think I'm maybe still in it. <laughs> this is not a dream. <laughs> What's happening? Is everything recording? Like, why am I hot? Um, okay, so yes, Karen, what did you do this past week? Okay, uh, nothing per usual, uh, but I did have a close and en- close encounter with nature, which I know Ew. you love. <laughs> Why? So, Why did that happen? I was sitting here in my little, my little nook, my office area, working away diligently like a good employee. And all of a sudden, I just heard scrabbling around on the roof above me. Mm. Like a lot of it, a lot of scrabbling around to the point that I thought it was perhaps a human. <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh, don't it like was, that. Like a lot of sounds were coming. I even... Like, was this Garrett. like middle of the day? Yes, it was. If it had been in the night, I would have lost my mind. But yeah, you would have but been I truly, I truly said to Garrett, something is on the roof, and I am frightened. And then it's like well, you taking wrong. Something was on the roof. Something the was scary on the thing roof. Would have been if someone had been on the roof. A, a human being. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like taking your car to the dealership, though, because every time he came, I'm like, it's happening again. <laughs> and every time he would come upstairs, it would stop. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't recreate the no the sound. The squealing of the brakes, and he was oh. like, okay, "Okay, I'm sure everything's fine." But then, <laughs> but then Kelly, 
I so we've talked about the woodpecker scenario happening in our yes. area. And I was sitting here, and all of a sudden, this bird just appeared, like, inches from me. And my window was open. There's a screen, thank goodness. But this, it flew down, perched inches away from me, and just stared into my eyeballs. He was like, it was me on the roof. Quit calling that guy up here. And then started rapidly pecking the window, like, wood right next to it. Did you scream? I, I almost did when it first appeared because it was incredibly sudden and I was very focused on what I was doing and it was just like, it's a large bird. It Was, was very, it a large bird? Yeah, kind of. It was really pretty though. They're like really nice looking. Did he look like the cartoon? Like is the cartoon accurate? <laughs> did he have like a little red situation? He was not wearing a t-shirt, so no. <laughs> <laughs> I would almost almost didn't recognize him. <laughs> but yeah, so oh I met I met a woodpecker he wasn't and then wearing a t- I met a woodpecker. Oh my a, god, Karen. a nude a nude woodpecker. <laughs> oh god. Um, the other thing, so Garrett has, is having his like biannual pickle making extravaganza he loves Wait, to make a you, pickle you, he makes pickles yeah every once in a while he just gets excited he's like i'm gonna make some pickles today so what variety like like of cucumbers or of other vegetables well i'm so glad you asked because i love a pickle typically it's of the cucumber variety and he made two types yesterday like full little cukes yeah, it will turn into like the like a little like snack a <laughs> yes mm-hmm. and then and then spears um with uh-huh. lots of dill and other spices packed mm, in but he also yep. he also made like a bowl of pickled onions yesterday mm, like like delicious. what you get at a taqueria or something yes. and our house smells like a full onion <laughs> our whole house smells like pickled onions <laughs> which was charming for the first three hours and now i'm like oh no <laughs> oh no is this just what we smell like now it may, it may be permanent. Like, I'm kind of scared to go see other people because I'm like, I probably <laughs> like, smell like this. You have to be this. honest. I have gone nose blind. Uh, completely. Do I smell like a whole onion? I, I'm sure that I do. So um, I do have follow-up questions because I love pickled onions. What okay. are you making with them? Are you going to make tacos? Like, what are you putting on them? Yeah, I think we're going to make um, our own little tacos and sprinkle them on oh. there. Maybe with, like, a some sort of delightful meat. You know that yes. we'll make typically um, a, a must-have for a taco, like a carne asada, perhaps. Ooh. I don't know. Do we you know also how to make carne asada. No, but the, but we have the internet, so it'll be fine. That's true. <laughs> I don't. I don't know this for sure, but isn't carne asada just like steak? I'm pretty sure that is correct. Yes, yeah. it's delicious. It sounds fancier though than steak. I know. I know. Anyway, I made this. I made this really good salad for a long time that was like. Um, steak with a whole bunch of like delicious stuff on it and then pickled onions and avocado mm. and it was like Ugh. and you know lettuce stuff it was delicious so Ugh. speak yeah. it to me oh, it's speak gonna, it it's to gonna me. it's gonna be worth smelling like an onion <laughs> thank it you it just means that nobody will run that close to you at at torture gym anymore what do you call it <laughs> crossfit <laughs> Yes, and there will be a wide berth around yes. me at all times. Give you a wide space. If you fall, you you just take down yourself. 
So. And people do get tend to get nicknames at this place, so I'm just going to be like Smelly Onion Girl. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Awesome. This just what fun. I was going for. Um, okay, so what have you been up to this week? Did you meet Nothing. any woodpeckers? Did you no. Do you smell like an onion? What's going on? <laughs> uh, no, and I hope not. Um <laughs> The, the I don't nothing happened worth telling you about like it's all well trod territory but I do have to tell you our parents came to my house for dinner this week cute and at which point our father you may be oh, familiar yes. with him I'm, I'm aware of him yes he has finally listened to like an episode of the show oh my god love and he was cracking up about you and no way me, he goes Kelly, you do realize you're the straight man of the podcast, right? Like, you're the Ed McMahon. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And I just, I couldn't understand, like, at what point I brought big checks to people. (laughs) And so then I Googled it and realized that he was referring to me as, I didn't realize that Ed McMahon was, like, the straight guy versus Johnny Carson. Did you know that? No. No, I did not. Good talk. Um... Our father thinks you're as funny as Johnny Carson. That's all I came here to say. What? That is mm-hmm. so funny because I think I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like I you just, are the funny one and I just yes and you and you say increasingly <laughs> funny things throughout. I, I think we yes and one another. And at the end of the day, we're talking about Nancy Drew. So <laughs> how can it not be both hilarious and not at the same time? So there's a, a lot, a lot there to unpack. There, there is, but that's that's really my only update. The only other thing in my life is that my cat is literally losing his mind right now. Like he will not stop meowing, oh, constantly. What? Is it? Huh? I mean, I know Mercury is in retrograde right now. It is. So I'm going to hope that, like, in another week when that's over, this will stop. But like, he will not stop screaming at me. Ollie, well, he needs to take an old chill pill. Our cat, our cats have been acting a little weird too. Like there have been a lot of whammies happening. Yeah, a lot of jumping on the fridge and knocking everything off mm-hmm. constantly, over and over again. Yep. Garrett is the nice parent. He shakes treats to get Rory off the fridge. I, I have I ever told you about this? Rory is terrified of the sound of stringed instruments. No. Which is unfortunate for him because I play the violin and guitar, so (laughs) that's too bad. So Uh when he goes on the fridge, all I have to do is pick up the guitar guitar. as if I'm going to play it, and he bolts away in terror, which makes me... such a good trick. I don't even have to, like, pluck a string. He just sees someone pick up a guitar and is like, I am out of here. I'm I'm done. I'm not here for a concert. It makes me I wonder if, so like, jealous. he went to, like, one too many bonfire parties of, like, a drunk frat boy <laughs> being like, you guys want to hear Wonderwall? Like, he <laughs> hates the guitar. So. Well, that's a, that's a good trick to know. I, uh, I have nothing try like that. The only thing that Ollie cannot stand is when I rattle my keys. So that's become oh. a new thing. But, like, then he just races around. I, and I don't like to scare him. No, know? I know. I know. Yeah. But I'm just like, what do you want, small cat? Like, What can I do for you, sir? You don't want food. You're not sick. You have. I've played with you for hours. Like, he just has a lot of feelings that he wants to express. I respect that. I, I do. I don't. I don't. I need for him to write them in his diary. Like, quietly. 
quietly. Dear diary, mom would give me tuna. <laughs> well, I know what will make Ollie feel better. Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. And so, okay, are you ready for this? I'm ready for some hidden treasure. Okay, well, okay. Book intro. There is, yes. this is book number 19. We have read 19 Nancy Drew books this year, which is a feat in and of itself. We have read 19 Nancy Drew books in like six months. Yes. And bless our souls for doing bless, this. I I agree. There should be some kind of canonization process. I, yes, I'm in. Um, there is really no interesting scoop on this book on the net. I mean, listen, it was written in 1942. It was revised in 1969. Same old song and dance number. However, I wanted to have something fun to tell you. A fun fact. Yes. And I thought to myself, self, self. what goes <laughs> what, what goes with this book? Well, Karen, perhaps some real life missing treasure cases. <gasps> Shut your beautiful face. You did not. I did. I did. You're going to so, tell me one? Yeah, I'm going to tell you too. So uh-huh. I kind of got a little bee in my bonnet about this. Like, I want to go hunt for buried treasure. Let's Google it and see if there are any unsolved ones. Yes, please. For which Kelly and I can embark on an adventure. There yes, were, please. there are so many, actually. I found this Reader's Digest article, I think from this year, that has a long list of them. Mm. And I plucked two from the list that I personally tell me, tell me. found to. Okay, so the first one. This is from the days of yore, Kelly. In, in 1816, Thomas Beale and a few companions came into a large sum of gold and silver while mining somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> Hoping to keep it safe for their families, the men hid the treasure, and Beale painstakingly wrote a letter in code describing exactly where it could be found. He then placed the letter in a box and gave the box to a Virginia innkeeper for safekeeping. Beale never came back for the... He never came back for the box, ever. The innkeeper, then, opened the box years later. But no one, to this day, has been able to decode the letter. Stop. I will not stop. this letter? There's a picture of it on the internet. And it is... Are you going to post that on our Instagram? I can and I will. And it is... I understand why no one can solve it. It is all, like, numerical from what I saw. (laughs) Like... Karen, if we can figure out who the Zodiac Killer is... We can find Thomas Beale's buried now, Rocky Mountain treasure. I like we in the you know the royal we. Oh, right, I was like, did we? Do- <laughs> it's like, good job, Kelly. Ooh, Damn, wow, you are burying the lead, Kel. <laughs> Kelly's uh, famous. <laughs> we, yeah, okay. Let's Karen. We could be full time podcasters if we could just find that treasure. I know, I know. So okay, that one. That's the dangled carrot. Okay, here's the next one. Which is so good. And I would like to actually do more research on this because it seems like this is, there's a lot here. This is recent. Okay. Ish. Late 1900s. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It literally makes my teeth hurt. Okay. In 1988, the late 1900s, (laughs) when Vietnam veteran and treasure hunter Forrest Fenn believed he was going to die from cancer, he filled a small chest with his treasures and buried it somewhere, also in the Rocky Mountains. When he actually beat the disease, he published, oh my God, I love it. He published a poem containing all the clues he believed were necessary to discover the chest's location. Fenn, who is in his 80s now, estimates that somewhere around 65,000 people have headed out to the Rocky Mountains wilderness in search, but no one has found it yet. Disturbingly, several people have died in the quest. 
That doesn't surprise me, actually. So, okay, hold up. Why did he not go recover his treasure? Once because he, once he, he wasn't dying anymore, he's like old. He's in his like late eighties. Okay, so like he, I think he's just now like it's what just for funsies. It's like a Hawthorne type of thing. Mm, that's a good one too. Well, Kelly. Yeah. After reading that, I found out there's an update. <gasps> this one was very recently solved. Seriously. So this treasure chest was found in 2020 by a 32 year old medical student from the university of michigan shut up and this dude young young fella he tried very hard to remain anonymous he like wanted his name nowhere attached to this but that did not succeed because all of all of a sudden there were the shenanigans that we know about from the nancy drew books like people started coming out of the woodwork saying this was their rightful trove trying to claim it um, was his house suddenly haunted? Well, people were like subpoena, subpoenaing. I can't ever say that. Subpoenaing him in court. Like all of this stuff. Uh, lots of drama to the point that this guy moved to like an unknown high security building. Like I'm picturing a bunker with guards around Holy it 24 crap. hours a day to protect himself. Um, he actually took the, I, as of the reading of this article, like he had taken the treasure and it was in like a high security vault somewhere in New Mexico so no one could get to it until he decided what to do with it. Um, but it like kind of ruined his, ruined life, his life. Yeah. That's crazy. Do you know how much it was worth? No, I didn't find that, that information. I mean, or I don't even know what's that, like, yes, yeah. for people to get that. But that one felt very Nancy Drew to me and Hawthorne games. Yeah. Well, just when you find out that like somebody's finally done it, like, that's fascinating. Oh, yeah. So, Karen, I think we just need to get going on this uh, one from 18, what was it, 15, 18, 16, something like 18, that? 18, 16, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I will work on decoding the message if you'll go up into the Rockies, and I'll just call you and tell you when to turn left and right. I have my plaid flannel shirt ready to go. You Perfect. send You send me the bat signal, and I will be out there in a jiffy. <laughs> Perfect. It's going to be... Uh, I don't know what Ka- the Karen signal is going to look like. It's going to uh, be American Girl doll. Size. I was just going to say it's an American Girl doll. <laughs> she's going to be holding a little bag of loot. And a pickaxe. And a pickaxe. I, will, I would recognize that sign. I'd be like, this one is for me. Like, I got to suit up, Garrett. Time to, time to head out to the hills. Getting called into action. Yep. Time to go search for some. My like my favorite thing with Titanic. We I know we talk. Why do we talk about Titanic so much? Because like, it's one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, but like this is not a movie I ever think about outside of when I'm talking to you. Oh, I think about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but like that was the part, and continues to be like part of what's so fascinating with that is like the discovery of the you know, exploring the, the, like, sunken ship and finding yeah. all of the stuff. And, yeah. I mean, it feels treasury. There were some really good ones on the list that I'm talking about. I think there were two sunken ship ones of, like, mm. vast amounts of loot that sunk to the bottom of the sea and have never been discovered. So if that turned... I think it's only a matter of time before Nancy is in a submarine, maybe, Again. you know, taken from the river... Yep, the Re- little repurposed shark submarine. <laughs> Although that one exploded, didn't it? 
I don't know. The boat exploded. Oh. I don't know what became of the shark submarine. It could still yeah. be in play. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to go. We're going to go treasure hunting. Um, that's what I got for you. Those are my fun facts. Karen, that was amazing. Oh, well, thank you. High fives all around. Could, couldn't like it more. I probably like that more than I like the book. I agree. Um, mm. <laughs> speaking of things that we like, do you, yes. have you chosen a favorite oh. one sentence plot summary for yes, this girl. week? Yes, I sure have. So <laughs> we had like, I don't know. I think this was the most submissions we've ever had. So I agree. I love it. Keep it coming. And I wasn't entirely surprised just because this is one of, I think this is one of my favorite book covers, probably because it's purple, but whatever. Um, everyone understood the assignment this week. So <laughs> it was difficult to select just one. However, we had Goonies references. We mm-hmm. had a Cerberus reference. Yep. We had a Shake Shack reference. <laughs> we had a realization that an island equals a boat, which as we will continue to discuss in this book, do not mix well with the whole River Heights crew. Nope. Nope. Um, however, the winner this week is, and I cannot, I don't know how you pronounce this handle, so I'm going to spell it. It's at M-M-U-L-Q-U-E-2. Yes. Who says, Coming across a half-eaten map made Nancy remember that she had gotten a dog a while back, but had forgotten <laughs> about it due to her busy schedule of sleuthing and flirting. Now the mystery is, where is the dog? <gasps> That's such a good point. Where mm. is the dog? Where is that dog? Also, I would read that book. That is a fully encapsulated premise. I'm here yeah. for it. But where is that dog? We got What's his one name? little... Mm, Togo. Togo. I was going to say he was not Balto, but the other one. Togo. Yep. Nope. No more, no more Togo. That was a very brief appearance from that. Wow. Good mm-hmm. job, one sentence mm-hmm. plot winner, you have raised a very good open question. <laughs> very, very intriguing one sentence plot. But as I said, well done to all entrants. Agreed. I was seeing them come in and I so could good. not stop laughing. <laughs> it was so good. Um, so now, Karen, mm-hmm. it is time officially, as it is every single week, for today's <laughs> super fast plot, which was written and read by... You know her, we love her. My sister Karen. Oh, hey. Oh, best intro ever. Here we go. Nancy meets a young woman named Ellen Smith who is interviewing to be a music teacher for a girl named Trixie Chatham. The job will take her to the Chatham estate at Rocky Edge. Ellen really wants to get the job because she is almost definitely going to be on the 1940s version of The Voice and needs to pay for music school, but she is a bit spooked because the estate seems to have some mysteries surrounding it. Nancy agrees to accompany Ellen to her interview, just in case any ghosts pop out. While visiting the Chatham estate, Nancy snoops into a cottage on the property that's filled with nautical intrigues, like little tiny ships. While she's in there, a man dressed in an old-timey captain suit pops out of the wall, threatens her, and scares the crap out of her. Nancy is like, hmm, this seems weird, and learns that the previous owner of the estate was an inventor who hid all kinds of trap doors and inventions throughout the house. Meanwhile, Nancy learns that Ellen's family is also enmeshed in a mystery. Her father had a twin brother, a sea captain who has gone missing. The twins also had a sea captain father who had given both of them half of a treasure map so that they could one day come together to solve the mystery. Ellen's dad can't find his bro who has the other map half, and someone breaks into their house and steals their half of the map. Now we have zero map. 
Just kidding, Nancy had made a sketch of Ellen's dad's map half before it got stolen. Whew. Nancy has some frat parties to go to with Ned. While Nancy is at the kegger, she gets pulled up on stage for some weird interactive theater bit. The lights go out and she is kidnapped by an evil couple named Fred and Irene. She jumps out at a red light and hitchhikes back to the frat party. Miraculously, it turns out that Mrs. Chatham's first husband, who she only knew for like a month because he died at sea, is the missing twin brother of Ellen's dad. So the missing map half must be in the Chatham estate somewhere. Nancy finds a key to a lockbox in which they find a clue. The clue tips Nancy off that the map half is hidden in one of the miniature ships, which she eventually tracks down. Trixie, the seven-year-old, disappears twice. Once she is kidnapped, but the second time she inadvertently finds a captain to sail the Drew crew and all their closest friends to the treasure island. Before they leave, Nancy falls into another trap of the evil couple and is locked up in an abandoned house, but Carson and Ned save her. Everyone takes a long cruise to the island, racing the bad guys who have managed to make away with some of the clues to the island's location, but not the treasure's coordinates. The ship has been infiltrated by bad guy affiliates, one of whom, Snorky, is secretly poisoning the crew so he can take over and steer them off course. Nancy is hip to his game though, and they get to the island. There are many hijinks on the island because the bad guys have gotten there first, but only the Drew crew knows where to dig. They find the treasure, which is filled with gold bullion and shimmering jewels. A helicopter comes and takes the bad guys away, and they all prepare to sail back. At the 11th hour, one more bad guy affiliate tries to drown Nancy, but Ned punches his face in and rescues Nancy from the sea. Ellen is excited because she can get her MFA in show tunes now. The end. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Truly <laughs> unbelievable. Um, pretty much every turn. Yes, I would say but, so. But, but well done. Thank you so much. That was kind of a thing. tricky one to summarize, I found. I, I'm sure it was. I, I had was to make it several I edits. Barely, uh, I could barely understand it just reading it full <laughs> length. So, My initial super fast plot summary was about three pages long, so I had to do some strong editing. <laughs> do, some, do some scale backs? Yes. Um, Kelly, yeah. before we discuss our favorite parts of this book... Mm-hmm. What are your general thoughts and musings about your experience today? <laughs> mm, uh, wasn't a fan. Mm. Yeah, I was. Tell me. I, and I gotta say, I was pretty disappointed. Oh, Kelly! I'm I know. So sorry. I really like this cover. I was like, ooh, like island adventure, treasure hunt. We've got like the whole Drew crew involved. Like, yeah. you know. We've got all the makings for a fun book. And then it just, uh, this felt like, mm, there was, there was like, it was, there were, uh, I just, I got really confused. There were so many characters and it was all too coincidental. And Very. Like everybody happens to know a sea captain, which There were so weird. many sea captains everywhere. Yeah. We had like 17 sea captains in this book. Yeah a lot so anyway also we can talk about this later but i was just irrationally angry the whole time like from paragraph one because nancy is now in art school <laughs> yes she is yeah i she don't sure talk is about it yet but i was I, I think that maybe set me on a course for uh heartbreak and disappointment <laughs> disappointment just like right from jump uh, 
What about yeah. you? Did you love this book? Am I alone? My, I just felt, I felt very meh about it. Yeah. If I could use one word to describe this book, it would be meh. Meh. And I, I don't know, man. I couldn't really put my finger on why. Kind of like, I, you you have more specifics than I do. It just did not do it for me. Um, I did, however, appreciate that we actually went on the treasure hunt to the deserted islands. Yes, yes. I was it wasn't very like a worried. third party tale. Yes, I was very worried that was going to happen, happen off screen. And mm-hmm. so I did like that we chartered a vessel and sailed there and did the digging ourselves. That was pretty cool. Um, I also was obsessed with the fact that there was a character named snorky (laughs) dude uh what up with that i laughed so hard and so maybe dad will listen to this episode too but whenever (laughs) growing up whenever anyone in our family got a cold and you know you're like talking through your nose because you can't breathe he'd be like he would just call you Snorky the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> so I got really excited to see a familiar name. <laughs> I What I loved, and I did genuinely love this, that they have a character named Snorky, and there is literally no context given for why he has that name. None. Like at no point did they go like, yes, his his given name is Thomas Eliza Snorkingham Third, and everybody calls him <laughs> Snorky. Or... You know, he's a like, snorkeler. He's a snorkeler. And somebody, you know, his little niece couldn't say snorkel. She said snorky. And now he's just snorky. Or no, 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 no. He no. D- he just, he is who he is. He just, <laughs> that's right. He just, this is the name he has given himself. And we are going to get no explanation for it whatsoever. I, and, every, and everybody's yes. just fine with it. I mean, you know. Oh, Mr. Snorky. Nice to meet yeah, you, Yeah, sure. Oh, hey, this is Snorky. Got it. No problem. My name's Nancy, which is normal, but Snorky it is? Okay, no no problem. Well, it's uh, it's immediately obvious whenever someone is a bad guy in these books because yes. their name is like Spike or Snorky or... That's right. Like, I, I can't even think of the other ones, but they always have a name like this. So yeah, I was like, like oh, Snorky, out of the, the he's the bad guy. The villain name guy, you know? <laughs> yes. I agree. I agree. Well, all of that being said, we did, there were there were some things that were like snorky, enjoyable about this book. So there, there were some moments. Let's talk about our favorite parts, and I would love if you would tell me your favorite part. Do you have any favorite parts in this book? <laughs> I forced myself to come up with some. Um, okay, I'm just gonna say in rapid fire order: twins, damsel in distress. Nancy gets thrown over the side of the boat. There's a shipwreck. There are hidden passages. And the twin in question is an orphan. (laughs) Yes. Oh, all of the things we've come to know and love from every single Nancy Drew book. (laughs) They were all here. They they sure were. Yeah, they they didn't let us down. There was a car chase. She got she got she got chased in her car. Yeah. Yep. The only thing we didn't have was a ghosting a haunting would be the but there kind of was because almost thought there was a ghost in the shack well also Um, my favorite line in the entire book oh my god this is the best line i've ever read my entire life karen i wrote it down it's (laughs) It's related to a ghost (laughs) okay let me tee this up for anyone who has not read this book Picture this, if you will. So as I mentioned in the super fast plot overview, Nancy goes to Emerson College to go to some fraternity event with Ned Nickerson. And at this event, per usual, the drama club is going to give some sort of presentation. 
for an some operetta. reason. Oh, and oh, an operetta. Mm-hmm. I Which missed seems that detail. It's like such a fraternity activity. <laughs> They're like, what sure should does. we do on Friday night after the dance? How about Rigoletto? <laughs> Makes sense. That's yes. a very Ned and Co. thing to do. So, <laughs> for some reason, for this particular operetta, a woman needs to be selected from the audience. She needs to wear a gown and a paper crown and sit on stage, I guess, to be sung to by these gentlemen. Of course, Nancy is selected because she's the most beautiful girl she's in the, the world. She's the most beautiful, smartest girl in the whole wide world So they select Nancy. She goes up on stage. They put this white gown, this like cape on her, I think. Yes. Yeah, she gets like a, yeah, like a a, 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 a cape and a crown. Yeah, like a robe with a hood. I don't know, man. So she's clad in white. While the performance is getting started, the lights go out. A state, a quote unquote stagehand comes up to Nancy and says, follow me. It's not a stagehand. It's a kidnapper. So Mm -hmm. she gets kidnapped. She is still wearing this bizarre outfit. She jumps out at a stoplight, runs away down Mm -hmm. the highway through the drainage ditch and thinks to herself, I shouldn't hitchhike. I know that's wrong, but I think this time it's okay. So she hitchhikes. A couple pulls up to let her in. They're ve- the woman's like, no, don't pick up hitchhikers. And the husband says, I think she's fine. And Nancy goes, wait, I'm not a ghost. Please wait. Yeah, doesn't the wife say, like, it looks like a ghost? Yes, because she's wearing this white robe. She's and Nancy goes, wait, I'm not a ghost. I'm not a ghost. <laughs> I... Fell off my chair laughing. I, I The only thing that would have made it better if the wife had gone, that's exactly what a ghost would say. <laughs> that was what I was thinking, too. <laughs> Sounds like a classic ghost argument Sounds to me. Like something a ghost would say. And then they just peel off into the yeah. night without her. But um, they pick her up, ignoring all of their better instincts because, you know, they're being polite. Yeah. Yeah. So and there then was. She murders a- them all. There was kind of a ghost in this book. There, there was kind of. I almost texted you when I read that because I was laughing so hard, but I realized it was like three o'clock in the morning your time, and I was like, "Never mind." That would have been fine. I would have gladly woken up to laugh about that again. Wait, I'm not a ghost. <laughs> so, so, so one thing I liked, I did like in this book, was Carson chartering or trying to charter a boat to go on this. <laughs> To go treasure hunt on a essentially uncharted island. Yes. In in the like I guess South Atlantic. Yes. And it just seems like such a normal thing to do. I mean and and he just kind of put up his hand and said, Sure, I'll take care of that. I Huh? Like I, I was baffled by that. And also they wanted to leave like the next day. Right. Stat. <laughs> Toot sweet. Like, this is not we're gonna get a paddle boat and row out to the middle of this man-made lake. Even that, if you told me today I had to go charter a paddle boat, I'd be like, I don't know where to start, especially in non-Google times. No, they needed like a seaworthy ocean vessel for a a lot of people. They needed like 20 people to go on this boat with a whole crew, food, multiple, and Carson's like, no problem. Yeah, I'll take care of that. But then he has problems. And so... In good old Nancy Drew fashion, she runs into a sea captain on the street (laughs) who is taking a walk away from the property with Trixie. Yeah. 
And he's like, oh, she wanted to hear about my boat. So I just, you know, we're just walking and talking. And I'm like, hello, Red Flag City. Like, this man yes. is trying to abduct this child. A seven-year-old. Well, we're going to just take her back real quick. She's a silly little rapscallion. Shame on you, Trixie. Now, would you be interested in manning a vessel for us to this small island in the South Atlantic while we hunt for treasure, man we don't know? That is exactly what happened. And I love that he was easily identifiable as a real sea captain because he was strolling along on his landlocked walk wearing his full sea captain uniform. (laughs) He's like, I mean, this is, does anybody ever not wear their uniform? This is the one outfit. I got one outfit. I, I, okay, this is a legit question. Since we're talking about all the sea captains, I, okay, we are in the suburbs of Chicago. Yes. Which I recognize the fact that I, geography is not my first language. But you were basically in Illinois as far from an ocean yes. in any direction as you could possibly get. Well, that's what we think. Our listeners have other theories. And I'm sure oh, really? that, yeah, like our friend Megan thinks that this is like Eastern, they live in, on the Eastern seaboard someplace. But previous books have led me to believe, and you as well, that we're V close to Chicago. Chicago. But some books, it seems like they're much closer to New York. I don't know. I don't know. But agreed. Like, none of this made sense regardless of location. (laughs) No. I mean, this, it's like, it's like there's a retirement community for old sea captains nearby. And it's like, this (laughs) is just where they go to retire. And I'm like, wouldn't you want to be near the sea? One yeah. would think, or maybe or they're just like, ah, that sea destroyed my life and the salt water ruined my hair and I want to get as far away from that. Get me to a lake. <laughs> Captain Ahab ah, comes. Chicago sounds good. Hobbling down the street in River Heights with his peg leg. Exactly. <laughs> the, I, I like, too, that, that one of the guys that, like, was sneaking around in this little shack was identifiable as a sea captain because he had, like, a beard and brass buttons down his coat. Ah, yes. Mm. Yes. Those Mm. two things do a sea captain make. Add it up. (laughs) Put those hands together. It can only be a sea captain. I think my favorite part about this bizarre cruise was that Mrs. Chatham, who Mm. agrees to sponsor this last-minute, difficult-to-schedule cruise, is very excited for anyone and everyone to come along. She's like... You know what? You got a third cousin who would be interested. <laughs> Send them and give them a call. They can come. You got. You met a guy at the grocery store today. Bring him along on the cruise. I'm Bring like, him. you're making the logistics of this trip very challenging for Carson to schedule, Mrs. Chatham. I mean, yeah, just keeps adding heads. It was know? very Oprah. Like you get a cruise and you get a cruise. <laughs> Everybody gets a cruise. Yeah, it it was a lot. I I also thought it was kind of funny that like all of the boyfriends suddenly are going, even though they weren't even like in the rest of the book. No, they Ned were not privy at other, all. No, um, I'm like I think they're just tagging along for a good time. Leeches, little li- Bert, you leech, Bert and Dave. Um, okay, so my second favorite moment from this book mm-hmm. after wait, I'm not a ghost. <laughs> Was Nancy falls into a trap that I thought was fairly obvious. Same. She gets this weird note in the mail, I believe. Uh-huh. 
that says, hey, I have your little model ship. There was information carved inside that ship that's going to help you. You have to come here and get it. I'll sell it to you, but you have to come here and get it. And everybody's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, Nance. It seems like a trap. And she's like, no way. No (laughs) way. So she goes. There is a child sitting on the front porch who says, hey, yeah, I wrote you that note. I have the boat, but you have to come in the house and get it. And Nancy is like, what could go wrong? So she does. He tells her, my grandma is sick in bed. She Mm -hmm. is the one with the boat. She needs to see you to make sure that you're legit. She will handle this, like, transfer of cash for boat. Like, we've got, like, a Craigslist (laughs) transaction here. That's exactly what it is. She walks in, and the old grandma, it says, literally, the grandma is in bed with the covers pulled up to her eyes. And I'm like, (laughs) no. Oh, my God. Stop it. And as Nancy turns her back, lo and behold, the grandma throws the blankets off and is like, ha ha, I've got you now, Nancy. And it's the kidnapper, Irene, who immediately kidnaps her and ties her up. I was like, this is some little red riding hood excellence here. It totally is. Like the wolf. She couldn't even, she, she was a wolf underneath that cover. Yep, yep. I was like, you have got to be joking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it also, I, you know, not only does it seem like a very obvious ruse, but Carson is very concerned about Nancy in this book all of a sudden. And Ned was also aware that this was happening, wasn't he? Ned or or Anna. And it's like, nobody thought, let's send somebody along with you. I don't know, man. I, I... That Nancy, whole... this is you've broken rule number one. Take a buddy. How Take many times do buddy. we have to talk about this? Buddy system. Buddy system. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's what happens though when little Tommies go bad. He was a little Tommy. Yeah. He was a. I think he was a pawn in Fred. They probably gave him a jar of candy and were like, "That's true." Bring that detective lady in here, and we'll give you all the cookies you want, <laughs> little boy. <laughs> I bet they didn't give him any. I bet they didn't. I bet they didn't. Why double double crossed him? <laughs> a cookie sounds really good right now too, though. Well, have one. Have I one. Do you need? Up, it? I, I'm going to make um, homemade oatmeal cream pies for Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm on my way. Perfect. Great. Um. Okay, I'm hungry. Any other favorite parts you would like to speak to me about? Um, Kelly. Well, we. <laughs> yeah, I, I have one more one more part that I enjoyed that I thought was weird. Okay. And worth discussing. So we made fun of Snorky's name already, but bless what, him. I what love goes Snorky. down with, with the old Snork man <laughs> is kind of interesting. So because this whole cruise to a treasure island thing is kind of quick got up, um, there's not like a thorough interview process apparently for the crew. So no. Captain Abductor, he hires just whoever comes along the dock apparently and one of them uh is is snorky and so snorky (laughs) i know it's like impossible to say without laughing snorky come to find out surprise surprise is one of two individuals on the crew who are in cahoots with the guys trying to steal find find the treasure you know they're not there find the treasure blah 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 not there for the right reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. So Snorky infiltrates the, tr- the cruise. And the next thing we know, like the captain and a couple of other people are like really sick and like out of commish. And now Snorky's at the wheel and he's steered them off course and blah, blah, blah. 
Nancy goes to investigate Snorky's room. I can't say it one more time. Um, she goes to investigate in his room to see what's going on and finds that he basically has this like white powder that he's he's slipping into people's food. Like he's yeah. poisoning people. Yes. Um, so she swip, she swaps it out with salt. And sure enough, like later that later that same night, Ned has like incredibly salty food. So yes. he was going to be the next one. <gasps> so at some point, this is my favorite part. This was so good. Nancy tells the captain what she thinks is going on. And she sees Snorky in the vicinity of like the kitchen. The galley. Area. The galley. Thank you. And is like, he's, he's, put this powder and more food again and so she tells the captain the captain brings like a spoonful of every item that was being cooked that evening yes i love this snorky and makes him eat it and he'll he refuses to eat the soup he'll eat everything but the soup yep and so the split the captain pea says, soup. throw the split pea soup overboard it's been poisoned and everything else Ugh. is apparently fine i loved that moment so much mm. i was like that's really smart it was a very Princess Bride moment. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, oh, I have one final thing I would like to discuss with you that I thought do, was do tell. hilarious and interesting all at the same time. There is a subplot in this book that I would like to discuss in open questions if you have not already decided to discuss this in open questions. This plot doesn't really seem super related. Well, it's kind of related. Whatever. I digress. The original owner of the Chatham estate was an inventor. Oh my god, yes. This is crazy. And we learned that while this inventor lived there, someone broke into his house. (laughs) This someone later comes into play as a person who's involved in this whole treasure debacle. That's beside the point. Someone breaks into the inventor's house, which is basically booby trapped mm-hmm. it's full of weird inventions it's like uh, home alone it's yes it's invader proofed to some capacity yes. so spike busts in gets caught in the snare of silas the inventor and gets injured and then th- so nancy finds these newspaper articles about how spike then went on to sue the inventor <laughs> he tried to rob for the injuries sustained through... Is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard? I'm like, is that a thing? I don't know. Like, it probably is. Like, it probably knowing, is. Knowing, knowing the land we live in in the day and age, this day and age, like, I can, I can... I'm sure it varies by from state to state, but it wouldn't surprise me. But, like, I was like, who has the cojones to be like, I know I broke into your house. I know I was trying to steal from you. But that sliding glass door really knit me in the Achilles tendon, and so I'm I'm taking you on judge duty. I was picturing him getting knocked down a staircase by like a swinging paint can, <laughs> or like he he's like skittering around on like a floor of marbles. <laughs> nice, nice stepping on a nail. Yeah, I don't know. So I I would like to speak to one of our lawyer friends about the mm-hmm. legality of that mm-hmm. claim, um, and also. Then by outing yourself as having broken in, like, what happens to, I, I don't know. Well, I, I think he was, I think he was caught already. 
So oh. it might have been like a last ditch effort to be like, I'll drop my civil lawsuit against you if you'll like drop charges. Got it. Got I mean, it. I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm know putting a lot more intent on this, you know, one paragraph component to this Nancy Drew book than was there. But it must be it must be actually illegal to do that, because I feel like we would know of a lot more people with booby trapped houses like home alone houses if this Maybe. was something that one could do. I don't know. <laughs> the, 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 here's the thing. I've thought about this a lot. I don't know about the legalities of it, but I can tell you from a uh, annoyance perspective, like if I... I know what I, you're going to say. <laughs> it's such a pain in the butt to like undo the booby trap every day. Right. I mean, who wants to like restack Campbell's soup cans in front of their back door every night and then take them back down the next month? I mean, you just, you'll lose interest. Well, I'd forget where they were, and I would fall into my... I'd, like, paddle downstairs at 3 in the morning to get a Diet Coke, and it would, mm-hmm. like... An iron would fall on fall, you. Yeah, fall through the floor yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. Well, okay, so last thing I'll say about this since you brought it up. So the <laughs> this part made me laugh. So I'm sure we'll talk about this in Nancy's resume, but, like, all of a sudden we discover that Nancy's this, like, artist all along. That we've sure is. Mm-hmm. Sure and is. And she's just, like, whipping out sketch pads out of her back pocket the whole time. And at one point, she realizes that someone has broken into and then run away from uh, this property she's at. Mm. And she wants, she's, of course, trying to figure out who it was. But he's gone. But she did notice that there were um, shoe prints by the back door that the, that the thief left. <laughs> Just yes. at that moment, it starts to rain and she, you know, like clutches her pearls and says, oh my, my, I'm going to lose the only evidence I have. So she goes out back and luckily for her, she is has artist tools on her person and <laughs> and quickly makes a sketch of the footprint, of the, of the shoe print, which is later so amazingly accurate that they are able to identify the crook from yes. Nancy's shoe print sketch. It, almost as if it was a, th- a fingerprint. Yes. Almost <laughs> as if. Um, and <laughs> while if like, you know, in your in your wildest imagination, Nancy being the world's most amazing artist that you've ever seen, if that shoe print is that amazing, that okay, like I'll suspend my disbelief. My favorite part though is that the illustration in the book is Nancy. I, yes. <laughs> Yes, I was hoping you would bring this up. (laughs) Nancy has, like, done her illustration. She's standing in the door. And it is literally one single line in the shape of a foot. Like, there's no toes or anything. It's just one line. And it's so small. It's so, like, the proportions in the picture. Mm -hmm. It's, like, the size of a Barbie shoe in her picture. (laughs) I'm like, you know what, Your Honor? That is not my shoe print. And I feel like... Any judge would have to be like case dismissed. Like, I we completely agree. This man based on this one line, amateur shoe print. There's no shading. There's no quarter for size for scale. Like, uh, it's that picture is it's at the top of the list for favorite Nancy Drew illustrations for sure. It's, it right behind the one where she pretends to be a mannequin to blend in. But loved that. Or yeah. when they yeah, when they hide behind the picture frame. Yes, that's my, Oh, that's the one I meant. Yes. She, hides, she pretends to be the picture in the picture frame. It's the best one. Be the art. 
Kelly, delightful. I'm glad that we did have some favorite things from this book. We did. Even though we d- didn't like it. <laughs> you know, snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. This makes me think that this next section, your favorite and mine, because I love what you have to say, will have some great fodder. Your next section mm. is, it would have been awesome if. And there yes. is a lot of low-hanging fruit for this book. There is. And like... <sighs> But there's almost too much. I got overwhelmed. So I do have <laughs> I do have two items that I would like to recommend for the next version of this book. Yay. Okay. Number one. <clears throat> Instead of going to art school based on her childhood interest in drawing faces in capital O's in the newspaper. Oh, my God. It would have been awesome if Nancy had entered the police academy instead. Yeah, yes, that would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and first of all, no, no, like diss to anybody in art school. Like I went to theater school, but for sure, like this would be like going to accounting school if you were Mini Van Gogh. You know, like yes. why, why is she going to art school based on like not even like this amazing talent that she has? It's based on an interest in doodling as a child. I know, I know. When she's this amazing sleuth, like, okay, if you're going to go back to school or if you're going to, like, move into, like, the workforce in some capacity, let's let's do the thing you're really good at and passionate about, Nancy. Yes. So this, I, I was like, could she have not been, could she have not gone at that time? Like, so I, I look back and um, Alice Stebbins-Wells was one of the first American-born female police officers in the, Uni- in the United States, and she was sworn in in 1910 in Los Angeles to the, no to the police way. force. Yeah. So Nancy could have definitely joined It was the doable. Force. Yes. Huh. Definitely. Also, Alice Stebbins-Wells sounds pretty interesting from the two seconds of research I did. So, like, if we want to go down a different rabbit hole at some point in the future, she sounds pretty interesting. Um, I'm so that's my first one. I would love to see Nancy doing something in the pursuit of being a professional paid detective. Completely agreed. Whether that's on the police force or that's as a PI. So, you know, either way. I approve of her having other activities as you do. Like I was delighted in the book where she was entering a floral contest and like, I love for her to have other activities, but I'm like, you have a talent, Nancy. Let's hone that so that you can get the credibility you deserve. That's right. And this is clear. Even more than that, it's the thing that she's passionate about. Yes. So it's a little bit of a bummer seeing her putting time and theoretically money into continuing an education in a thing that she's not passionate about. No. (laughs) It did result in her drawing a very good shoe print, though. It did. And and I actually, I wrote in my, like, in my little notes, because this was, like, the first page that we find out what's going on with this art school thing. And I, I wrote, unless we discover that it's her lifelong dream to be, um, what do you call it? A uh, composite artist? Com- thank you. A, yeah, doing, like, criminal <gasps> composites. Um, I'm not interested in art school for Nancy. But then do you she know- kind of does do some criminal composites. Do you know why I know that? Why? Because I added that to Nancy's resume, and I Did had to really? go, I had to Google what is the word for a person who draws bad guys. <laughs> that, those were my search terms, and that I was like, ah, oh, composite artist. And it, yes. and it came right up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and it, so it did come in handy, but I was like, oh, come on, come on, Nancy. Okay, here's here's my next one. My next and second and last one. <laughs> it would have been awesome if Mrs. Chatham, is that how you pronounce it? Chatham, Chatham? I was saying Chatham. Chatham. It would have been awesome if Mrs. Chatham were a black widow. <gasps> And had oh. not only killed both of her previous husbands, but had orchestrated the entire crime spree in this book while innocently masquerading as a bereaved widow. Kelly, you've already, like, fixed the book. That's amazing. <laughs> so this would allow for a couple of things to happen. So this is how I figure this would work. Her first husband, John, the sea captain, tells her that he has a treasure hidden that was given to him from his father in his safety deposit box in case Mm -hmm. anything ever happens to him. So she poisons him Mm -hmm. with maybe a white powder. (gasps) Like Snorky. Mm, Like Snorky. (laughs) Making it look like illness so that she can have the whole treasure to herself. Mm -hmm. But then she opens the safety deposit box and realizes it contains the half a treasure map and it's not actual treasure it's the promise of treasure and she's still penniless soon after she she's going to realize she's pregnant with trixie so that makes trixie john's daughter and ellen's cousin oh she quickly marries again because she needs you know money and security security right and this guy actually has money, Mr. Chatham. And so she kills him pretty quickly as well, as soon as she's, you know, named in his will as his his, his heir when she's married to him. Um, so he leaves her wealthy enough to continue then the search for the other half of the map. Oh my God. She figures out there may be some other documents in the safety deposit box. Um, she figures out that the other half is with John's twin brother. His fraternal twin brother, I just need to point out, because all (laughs) twins in this book are fraternal. Yes, Um, yes. uh, So she is the one who ends up hiring all of the bad guys in this book to go find the brother and find the other half of the map. Oh, my gosh. Um, And it just – and I even like a world in which she somehow figures out that Ellen is related to to the brother. Yes. So, you know, either they've gotten that far in the investigation already or they mention early on that Ellen's gone on TV and sung. And so maybe yeah. she sees Ellen and goes like, oh, she looks just like my daughter. Like, ma-. Anyway, I want her to have reached out to Ellen to teach Trixie because she knows that Ellen is related to her, her first husband's brother. Yes, and she's going to use Ellen to get to that map half. Exactly. So it's not it's not all these coincidences. It's orchestrated. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, Nancy Drew comes along, ruins all of her plans. Mm-hmm. At the end of the book, as all of these criminals are being captured one by one, Snorky, the other guy that throws Nancy overboard, da 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 da. They're just hired hands, hired guns. So like they they very quickly give up Mrs. Chatham, and. She'll instantly confess, you know, just one. She's always one Nancy interrogation away from confessing. Right. So she gets thrown in the brig and Trixie gets to get adopted by Ellen's family. Oh, my God. Kelly, that's so good. That is applause, applause, applause. Thank you. That is a good book. Thanks. I I feel like it, it. My biggest pet peeve in these books is always all of the unlikely coincidences that happen. Yes. Like so when, I just want to remove those. 
I agree. When Mrs. Chatham was like, wait, wait, wait. What now? Well, my first husband actually uh-huh. wasn't. You're like, okay. Come well, on. and Nancy's at the dance, and then all of a sudden the next guy that asks her to dance is like the the great nephew of I the know. lost brother she's looking for. And I'm like, please. like This happens all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Um, so yeah, how about you? Any suggestions, repairs, anything? Or shall we move on to Nancy's resume? We have to move on to Nancy's resume because that was brilliant and I cannot follow that act. That was was, beautiful. My goodness, thank you so much. Five stars. Okay, Nancy's never-ending resume. This will be snappy because we've already discussed. She she is an art student and... Mm -hmm. I also wrote a composite artist. So we were on, she, I like that she draws a composite for Trixie, the seven-year-old to identify a criminal and she uses crayon. (laughs) She does. She's like, I "I use the tools at my disposal. I use the tools of the viewers of my art. Exactly. Like what's Mm -hmm. the medium that would most resonate with Trixie? (laughs) Crayola. (laughs) My next line item here, I, I don't know if this is the right word for it, but I, I put cartographer. Mm, she, it's not, okay. she kind of is a little bit of a map maker in this and that she's piecing things together and figuring out coordinates. But really what I'm getting at is that she is very good with C coordinates and like GPS latitude and longitude type very. of things in the pre-Garmin era, which it, let's be mm. real. If I did not have my so iPhone quiet. with me, I couldn't find my way to the grocery store that is three blocks away. That's, like I completely understand, and I'm the same way. And she's in the middle of the sea, like, hmm, feels like we're going slightly like we're too east. Thank you. We veered <laughs> off course by, you know, half a knot. Which, yes. what's a knot? I don't know, man. I think not. I think knots are speed and not um, direction. <laughs> But I get, but your your point stands. <laughs> Why is she so good at this? Why is she so good at sea speak? Also, I know that it's knots are speed because of Titanic, the greatest film of all time. <laughs> uh, you're right. You are not as a speed now that you say that. Yeah. Degrees. Um, they veered off course by two degrees. Okay. So my last point that I would like to make is that, and, and there, I have an open question with this last mm, point. And this I is not like so much... Question. This is not so much what would be on her resume, but like something that we would not want the to get the out hiring committee to find out about. <laughs> I felt this, like this would be her weakness. Yes. What is your greatest weakness? I kind of felt Kelly. I'm curious. I felt like she was a little clumsy in this book. Uh, if by clumsy you mean easily led down the garden path. Yes. Precisely. I felt like she just straight up walked into two fairly obvious traps. Yes. Completely One of which was, I was a little surprised, like the Red Riding Hood moment, which we discussed, yes, so and then funny. also that like it was very odd. Like we have five percent of this book left. I'm like, I thought we were done, and someone says, Nancy, come meet a sailor you've never met on the bow of the boat in five mm-hmm. minutes, and she does, and then he like hurls her overboard. Like it was very clear that someone was up to something, and she, Absolutely. I don't know. I just felt well, like even in that moment, like they called her up. They're in the middle of the ocean, and they're like, "Nancy, we have a message for you." And I'm like, "From what a did bird? You, from where did did the pigeon from like book five come back? Like, is Agreed. Donald here?" I I, mean, I did not. Nancy, no. I was like, I'm pretty sure we don't have a telegraph. I, I guess there's probably like a boat radio. I don't know. I don't know. It did not add up to me. So mm-hmm. my question for you, mm-hmm. given that this is odd. Why do you think she was so distractible in this book? 
I actually have an answer for you on this. Get out of town. That's my 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 gut. Okay. Okay. I think Nancy has gotten a little too big for her britches. <gasps> oh, them fight just, words. Well, and I say it with love, but she. <laughs> It's almost like she doesn't think that anybody's going to ever be a step ahead of her. Oh. She always thinks she's a step ahead of everybody else. So it like, she actively dismisses her gut, telling her not to do some of this stuff. Yeah. Because she doesn't think these criminals are that good. Yeah. You are 100% correct. I think, I think the moment at the end on the boat, I think she thinks it's over. You know, I think she thinks they've got Snorky. He's the bad guy. He's been locked up. You know, danger's over. Like, now it's just easy sail until they go dig. So I can I can defend her a little bit more on that one just because I probably would have been lured into a false sense of security as well. But the Little Red Riding Hood moment was very, very obvious. But she is very confident that it's not the criminals that sto- stole that little model ship out of her car she's convinced it's you know they they weren't following her they wouldn't have figured it out that it's not them i think you are absolutely correct i do believe that to be true well thank you anyway same page with you we had a human side of nancy this week she had some slip-ups and i didn't i get I, i liked it and i didn't like it i didn't like it because i was like what are you doing even i knew not to do that but i did like it in that she's not perfect yeah, she's not perfect. I she's she's just awful lucky that you know people she's seem not... to figure things out pretty quick. Like yes, they come just looking as for she's her. being thrown overboard. She, I mean, that was a scary moment. I did not like that at all. I really was like, this is, I think it's the closest she's come to yes death. This is taps. Yeah. Yep. Do you, Kelly, want to mm-hmm. leave us with any? unanswered questions or open questions as we have come I guess I asked an open question just now but do you have any I I have one I'll we'll just go with one I have many in this book most of them are just (laughs) why question mark Um, (laughs) yep uh why I my biggest question is because and this is because I found it to be one of the more interesting parts of the book but there was no reason for it so all of these inventors items that were at this at this estate yes which i had real lilac in vibes from this book i keep wanting to call it lilac in but um this inventor had all of these crazy gadgets and stuff and one of which was at one point trixie falls down like what they think is an abandoned well and when they go down there it's actually like leads into a tunnel a lair explosive device down there yeah. Oh, yeah. It says, don't touch. There's a note on it that says, do not touch. It may explode. It may explode. And then a list of where he, like, where all of the other hidden passageways are and stuff like that around the estate. I just, first of all, did we ever tie up that loose end with the explosive no. device? Like, why no, was we that did there? Not. Why did that need to be there? Why was that even a thing that we talked about? I have no idea. And Nancy made a really big deal out of it that was like, this place isn't safe. We should all leave. Who knows if this is if this is actually splody and there are other splody <laughs> things around. <laughs> we should call like the bomb squad to come dismantle all of this. But then no one does anything about it. It's never no. brought up again. And 
like a couple of days later, she and Mrs. Chatham go on an adventure, and Ellen and Trixie, young Ellen and young Trixie, stay at the house by themselves. Yeah. I was I like, just... didn't we just say it was deeply unsafe to be here? <laughs> okay, that part bothered me a lot. So, <laughs> Trixie, Ellen, and Mrs. Gruen are staying at this property by themselves, and then we find out that everybody leaves Trixie. Yeah, I like didn't get Ellen that. Ellen has to go to a class or something, and Mrs. Gruen is hungry, and nobody will let her into the kitchen, so she leaves, and then Trixie gets kidnapped. And I'm like... I know. Um, hello? Where are the adults? Like, that's not okay. It also didn't seem like a very Hannah Gruen thing it to do. It did not. It did in, not at in, all. Would you call it incongruous? <laughs> <laughs> I would. Oh, I I'll would. see myself out. <laughs> and roll the credits. Incongruous. But that's that's my only, that, that concludes my open questions worth repeating. Yeah, that is so. an open question indeed. I have nothing else. Well, I mean, I right. think we should rate this thing. We should rate this thing. And I've decided this week we are rating the quest of the missing map out of a 12 possible poisoned pea soups. <laughs> You just, why do you hate me? What? What? Oh, it's How for the... How am I going to illustrate that? Just do a little soup with like a little toxic With a, a little toxic, like, you know, skull face over it. Oh, yeah. A soup with a skull on the bowl. That's perfect. We did it. Okay, we worked I'll... the... Teamwork. We'll see All right. Do. How many poisoned pea soups do you give this book? Zero. No, I give it oh, four out of 12 poisoned pea soups. Oh, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> brutal. It kicks you right in the feels. Yeah, I uh, I just, I wanted there to be a lot more treasure hunting, but we only got like two pages of that. Like we found the treasure so fast. We did. Um, And I wanted way fewer botched kidnappings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, that's about all. What do you give it? Okay, you gave it four pea soups. I gave it six poisoned pea soups. Mm, generous. Now, now hearing what you said, I should have rated it lower. I was just worried that I, I was like, am I just grouchy because the weather is changing? It's dark. <laughs> I'm feeling generally moody. As you called out, Mercury is in retrograde. I'm like, maybe it's just me. No. So no. I feel like I'll, I'll stick with it. Six out of 12 poisoned pea soups. But th- just at the end of the day, this book didn't do it for me. I needed more and better drama. Absolutely. More yeah. and better drama is right. And and less random sea captains. Coincidences. Well, <laughs> I, I actually thought this was exactly the right number of sea captains. <laughs> 30. <laughs> I need every book to now have 29 to 35 sea captains. Retired, but still. But still there. All right. So here we go. End of the podcast. What are we reading next week? We are reading The Clue in the Jewel Box, which is Ooh. our 20th Nancy Drew book, Karen. That is 20. so wild to me. 20 Nancys. Digits. Ah, 20 Nancys under our belt. Well, yeah, maybe maybe Togo will be back. Maybe uh, Togo and Helen are somewhere together having a grand old time. <laughs> They're off with Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amelia oh, Earhart. Her. Oh, bless Somebody asked souls. me the other day, they're like, so did Helen die? And I was like, if only. It would we, have at least we don't know. Closure. We, just, we, don't, we know. don't know. She might be being held hostage. It's unclear and unsettling. Yeah. Um, 
Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. As always, we love you. We love you. We love you. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at It's a Clue Podcast. And oh, as Kelly mentioned, remember, enter our giveaway on Instagram to get a signed copy of Teen Killers Club by Lily Sparks, which is our next super sleuth read. And Karen, remember what we learned today in Nancy Drew and the Quest of the Missing Map. Okay. Be careful before selling any antique model ships in your possession. They could have a clue of a vast fortune hidden inside, and then you will maybe have enough money to pay off your student loan debt. Ah. (laughs) Nautical wisdom. Hmm. A, speci- a specific takeaway. <laughs> yes. And mm. and very actionable and clear. <laughs> very actionable. Could also go to like wooden ducks if you've got some of those sitting around. Oh, yes. A wooden mallard. <laughs> mm-hmm. any, any mantle place objects. Yep. Yep. Well, I think that does it. And with that, happy, happy sleuthing. It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow.